ladies and gentlemen, this is the BBC's Dave Wood saying, Sometimes when I look into your eyes, I can see your soul. And here's the soul of rugby league. It's Steve Mascord's White Line Viva. Welcome to episode 12 of White Line Fever and it is Friday and we are at a Black Knights meeting at the Queen's Hotel which was the second last resting place of Jimmy Savile uh, and I'm here with Tony Hannon from 4020 Magazine. Tell us what a Black Knights meeting is. Ah uh, well this is a, a monthly routine already. I mean the magazine's only five issues old now that the, uh, the latest issue is out now folks. Um, <laughs> but yeah we've been doing it from the start. The, the, the idea behind it is that this is the Queen's Hotel in Leeds was the, obviously famous um, in terms of Eddie Waring's life, the great British BBC rugby league commentator. He used to have all his meetings in here and he'd meet all the time with various journalists and, and movers and shakers within the game back in the late 60s, 1970s. Um, and Eddie had a big thing for the Black Knights, as he, as he used to call them. For a start, that was the name of the Jewsbury Boys team that he started back in, the, in just before, I think, um, yeah, just before the Second World War. Um, and after that he was always trying to start up rugby league teams and call them the Black Knights so one of his big ideas for example was starting like a barbarian style side and he wanted to call that the Black Knights so when we were thinking of a name for our get together every month on the 13th day of every month usually um, we thought well why not do do the Black Knights it's got a bit of tradition towards it it's, it's memorable so people like yourself Steve when you're in town you know that if you're near the Queen's Hotel on the 13th of the month you can pop in and we can talk rugby league now, print generally, print media is perceived to be in decline. Yeah. Rugby league isn't exactly awash with money. What made you want to start a new magazine in this climate? Well, we just wanted to do something a little bit different and something uh, new as well uh, that's intelligent, a bit irreverent. Uh, we always sort of sign it up a little bit as the when Saturday comes for rugby league, that sort of a feel. So it's, uh, it's not big and it's not glossy like certain other uh, monthly rugby league magazines are, which is fine, that's, that's okay as well. But we just wanted to take a different take on it and, and um, sort of encompass the world of rugby league as it actually is now in these early years of the 21st century. So we're story driven, so if there's stories from somewhere like Jamaica, for example, then it can be on page three as far as we're concerned if it's a good story. So whether it's St Helens, whether it's uh, South Sydney, wherever it might be, whether it's Auckland, whether it's somewhere in France, it doesn't matter to us, we'll, we'll, we'll put it up front. And one of the great things you're doing, as far as I'm concerned, is encouraging young journalists as well. They send you their work and, and if it's good enough it gets published. That's absolutely right, yeah. That, that's the other thing, looking about both Phil Kaplan, who's our um, my associate editor, if you like, and myself, we're looking around and thought, well, there are some great um, rugby league journalists out and about, and photographers and, and the rest of it, but we, we were struggling to see where the next generation was going to come from, really, um, and we wanted to sort of try and help, help out in that respect. So, yeah, we're, we're open for contributions from anybody, wherever they are in the world, again, um, and not just from writers either, photographers, and particularly illustrators. I'm really keen to try and get some illustrators involved in the game, because you see that in other sports, with caricatures or or uh, any type of illustration or drawings, really. Um, but we don't often see that in rugby league. So, I mean, one of the things you'll notice straight away with 4020 is our covers are a little bit different, so you might find a caricature of a player on the front, for example. So we're really keen to encourage that sort of thing. So if there are any illustrators out there, get in touch. Now, big responsibility for you here, Tony. The first musical 
uh, uh, item of the program. <laughs> right. It has. To, it cannot be uh, folk music. That's why I'm talking to you and not Dave Hatfield. It cannot be dance music. <laughs> it can't be ska. It can't be country. It's got to be rock. Have you got one for us? Um, anything by Tom Waits. If you can dig something out by Tom Waits, is that possible? Because I, I really like Tom Waits. I mean, I, I, you can't see you can't see on on a podcast, but I like to wear a hat. Like Eddie Waring wore a hat, I wear a hat, and Tom Waits wears a hat. So for me, it's always hats. So anything by Tom Waits, I really admire him as well. We're talking quirk and we're talking different, like 4020, that would be Tom Waits. Thanks, Tony. Okay, mate, cheers. This is how the world will be. Everywhere I go, it rains on me. White Line Fever, I'm here with the great Dave Hadfield. He's escaped my uh, grasp until now. 
for the podcast, but I finally checked him down here in the grandstand at uh, the racecourse ground in Wrexham. How are you, Dave? I'm good, thanks. Just be careful with that grasp that you referred to. <laughs> don't mind. Now, we're talking about uh, England 26, New Zealand 8. It was a it was a tremendous performance from England. How long since you've seen a, a, a performance as good as that? Well, I've got to go back really to Melbourne 92 for one that's been quite as clear cut in a game that uh, we knew was going to be pretty difficult. But it was a tremendous performance, really, pretty much in all regards. Did you think the, um, the previous couple of England performances gave everyone an indication that they do what they did at, at Hull, or was it, did it come as a bit of a surprise? No, it didn't come as a total surprise to me, because I thought they'd shown a lot of football at, at Wembley, and really they've, they've been fairly unlucky to lose that game by the margin, they did, and could under different circumstances even have won it. So I was prepared for that. I thought they managed to combine the, the enterprise that they showed that day with the real sort of steely discipline that's... Uh, against Australia and that the combination of the two made him pretty tough to beat I think Given um, you know I suppose some of the column inches weren't what the RFL would be hoping for today but the, the fact the game was at night and the sports editors didn't know what the result was going to be which would be great if they did I suppose but what 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 can the RFL and, and the game in general hope for from the week ahead and, and, and even you know, how much can they now expect to um, benefit from a, from a victory would it, would it be heralded to the same extent it would have been 10 years ago yeah, I think so. I think it's still what gets sports desks in London interested is International Rugby League in England winning something. Uh, I think we need a real blitz this week. We all need to be pushing hard for space and the league needs to be proactive, getting things organised. It's going to win uh, win column inches. I'm expecting to, to write more this week than I've done in any week for an awful long time and that's going to be a, a good sign for, for me in the game, if not for the readers. Dave, what do you think uh, should happen, um, and I'm not sure if this will be determined when people are listening, but I think it'll probably be still up in the air. I, Isaac Luke uh, and Jeremy Smith last night, a couple of uh, players placed on report. What do you think of those two incidents? Both very fortunate uh, not to be shown a card. I'm a believer in using a yellow card sometimes for those instances, which is perfectly legal within the rules, but something that referees are very loath to do. I thought that both those instances would have been a good case for that. I thought, looking at it again, they were both pretty cynical incidents. And uh, all the more credit, really. I know Rangit Chase had a bit of a flare-up after he was, uh, had his foot twisted off. But uh, generally speaking, I thought our discipline was, was really quite remarkable. Mm. And, Dave, are you looking forward to a little bit of a break or do you go straight into covering uh, football? What, what happens? Uh, I'd like it to be a break. I suspect it's going to be a break with quite a bit of football in it. So I want to, I want to follow in your footsteps and have a trip somewhere in the world, but I haven't decided where yet. But I'll certainly go off with a song in my heart and a spring in my stride if we happen to have beaten Australia before it. Well, I'll warn you where I'm going so you, you can avoid me. Where are you going to? <laughs> I'll probably be here, actually, and then go to the States. I know, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, we've been staying in hotels uh, for uh, a while and it's starting to get cold here in England. And uh, So here's a song called Hotel Illness by the Black Crows. Do you know it, Dave? One of my favourites. <laughs> so see you next week at uh, Ellen Road. Bye now.
Hey, this is Tommy from Casanovas, and you're on White Line Fever. Welcome back to the program. In a moment, we're going to continue talking about England 26, New Zealand 8. Uh, we're going to have a couple of grabs from Thomas Lulawai, the hooker uh, from the Kiwis. But just a couple of uh, things I, I want to mention. Now, the live streaming that we touched on uh, last week has uh, moved into overdrive. It keeps keep surprising me what you can actually do on Ustream. So... At uh, whitelinefever.ning.com, this coming Saturday night, UK time, uh, we'll be doing, uh, starting around 5 o'clock, we'll do a preview uh, of the Four Nations final with the all the team changes. And then at half time, we'll have a chat uh, with someone who I can con into talking uh, about what's happened so far in the game. And then the big thing is that uh, at full time, or just after full time, I'd estimate maybe around 820 um, PM UK time. Uh, we'll have the press conferences live. Hopefully, uh, both press conferences went out live on uh, Saturday night um, from uh, from the uh, from Hull, and also on Sunday night from uh, from Wrexham. So, providing uh, all the technology, the technology gods look after us. That's something that you can't uh, find anywhere else now. Uh, the other place to to look at the videos, we had a, an exclusive uh, chat with Darren Lockyer, which you'll be hearing a little bit later in the program. But the video of that chat is, uh, you can see it now, if you go to the stevemascord.com Facebook page and click on the Ustream tab. So just down the left of your screen there, there's a, a tab. The last tab is Ustream. Click on that and you'll not only see the Lockyer interview, but all the other uh, videos that uh, we've uh, sent out live in the last week uh, from England and also uh, from Wales. Now, uh, coming up, we've got the new song from Bush. It's called The Sound of Winter. Uh, and then we're going to be talking, moving on to the second second game of the weekend and ha- having a chat to uh, Gareth Jones and also to Corey Parker uh, about uh, Australia 56, Wales 14 at the racecourse ground. Uh, and finally, the main item of the program is Darren Lockyer talking about which song he would like to be the theme of his final game. His final game is this Saturday night against England at Ellen Road. So here's uh, here's a, a few uh, uh, grabs from Thomas Lulawai and then a new song from Bush. Yeah, we, went, we went our best tonight, but uh, we can't take anything away from Great Britain. I thought they were pretty solid and definitely the better team tonight. You know, they definitely deserve to win. Yeah, you know, they, they controlled a lot of the position in the first half, which... You know, just really just you know, took the juice out of us, and we couldn't we couldn't really um you know, get, get get field position really. You know, we, we played nearly the whole first half, you know, and a half. So, you know, that's credit to England. I thought they played really well, really smart, and controlled the ball well. Yeah, that, that is a positive, you know. But you know, we had to win test matches, you know, and we didn't. So I don't know. If that's a positive, you know. I don't know. I didn't really. You see it like that, but by yeah, most of looking back at it now, there's a lot of young guys that, that you know got a taste of what it's like. But I think we learnt that you know this sort of went good enough. Um, be tough if England play like that, you know. Yeah, you know, definitely a chance of winning. Now you know, they play pretty well. They got a great four pack that you know really dominate. So if they do that again, you know they get a big chance. I'm picking an upset. I'll go for England. I'll go for England. I think they. They played all that and they're the ball, playing the sets like they are. They're definitely playing a lot of good shape at at defensive sets. They take their chances, not every chance.
Hey, you're with uh, Rusty from Electric Mary and you are on White Line Fever. Welcome back to White Line Fever and we are in Wrexham and we have just seen Australia 56 beat Wales 14. I'm here with uh, Gareth Jones who is a, a local, um, local rugby league media celebrity. That's, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, yes. I like, quite like that. <laughs> now, um, what do you think of the evening? Um, because I suppose when this fixture was announced and with everything that's happened since, there was a fear on on the part of a lot of people that it might be a bit of a flat evening. But it was anything but flat, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Wales um, started the game really well. Um, don't know, maybe the Aussies were maybe guilty of taking them a bit lightly in, the, in that first half. But um, it's a great occasion, you know, for, for me being a rugby league nut. It's, it's great to see. Uh, you know the Aussies here. You know world-class rugby players, but um, yeah, Wales started uh, started well, and I think um, I think Aussies uh, class uh, told in the end, and I think uh, Tim Sheen may have uh, stripped the, uh, the the paint off the wall uh, during that half-time team talk. So. And I mean, I suppose it's like one of those "Where were you?" questions. Like, where were you when JFK was shot? I was not alive, but and I'm sure you weren't either. But where were you the day that it happened with Crusaders that you learnt that the club had withdrawn their mm-hmm. licence application? Uh, well, I was actually working for the club at the time, so I found <laughs> out five minutes before the actual announcement. Like, uh, So, um, yeah, it was pretty devastating, really. Like I said, I'm, I've always been a massive rugby league fan and was uh, was you know was, uh, ecstatic when uh, rugby league came to Wrexham. And, um, you know, we had a great first year up here in Wrexham, reaching the playoffs, but... Um, you know, uh, second year was tough on and off the field. So yeah, we, you know, we, we, all the staff here were, were pretty devastated at the time. But um, looks like there's a bit of hope now for the club uh, with the North Wales Crusaders um, uh, being given the the okay this week. So um, it's going to be a long tough road, but hopefully, um, you know, rugby league's here to stay in North Wales. Is there a do you, do you find that the average people maybe out there who aren't really massive rugby league fans or even massive sports fans they feel that rugby league has let them down like when um, they 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 taken out their anger on the sport itself uh, or do or do you find they're very forgiving and they they looking for another opportunity I mean it's I know it's hard to sort of you know get a man in the street type uh, vibe yeah. off one person but how would you describe the, the mood um, well I think initially that day I think everyone was really downhearted and um, but uh, the, the fans have been magnificent you know they've been a, they played a big part in making sure that there's there's a club here uh, next season so I think I think they took a uh, their anger out so on the owners pretty much like all the staff did really <laughs> that day but um, you know they've really rallied round and um, you know this you know, I mean it wasn't a great crowd today here today but there's um, you know there's 5,000 people who weren't watching rugby league um, uh, a few years ago so um, you know I say there's a lot of hard work ahead but um, you know I think we're, we're really hopeful that there's, there's, there's a good future here. Now um, I, I allowed Tony Hannon to pick a song and he went for Tom Waits, which is not really our style, but I had to play it. Um, so can you give us something that's a bit more rocky? Maybe some, Wel- some Welsh rock. I'll dig it out. Something maybe, <laughs> maybe something people haven't heard outside of uh, outside of um, you know the Principality or outside yeah. the UK. Got any thoughts? Well, there's a great Welsh band called the Super Fury Animals, uh, which uh, I'm sure the Aussies uh, will, will really get, will really love. So anything by the Super Fury Animals that'll be uh, that'll be super duper. Thanks, Gareth. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Steve. If you don't want me to destroy you, take a leaf out of my book, turn it round and have a look, because I don't want you to destroy me, I'll commit myself to be in and out of every dream, gravity, yeah.
Lloyd Park. You're still wearing that Australian jumper. You probably want to keep it on as long as you can. Yeah, for sure, mate. It's uh, it's taken me long enough to get it. It's, uh, last thing I want to do is take it off. So um, just uh, just enjoying this moment, mate. It's um, pretty special. What was it like uh, to, to run, run out there? And you've been watching for a few weeks. Blokes uh, go out there in the, in the green and gold. What was it like to walk out there and wear it yourself? Yeah, it was uh, just a dream fulfilled, mate, to be honest. Um, you know, you, you work so hard for so long, and to uh, to run out and sing that anthem and, and think of your family and, and and you know loved ones back home, it's 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 very special and something I'll never forget. What about the game? Down eight nil after thirteen minutes, which is no one expected. Yeah, look, you know they. Um yeah, they, they, I think they completed it 94 or 5%, and um, to their credit, you know, they, they kept coming. And, um, yeah, Lee Breer's King Games, something something special. And uh, he caught us a couple of times, but um, we knew if we held tight and, and kept completing and, and doing the things that we know works, um, you know, we'll come out the other end, and, you know, we did. Team uh, being picked uh, for, for the final, I suppose, Monday Monday or Tuesday. Um, th- this is your first game in the tournament, so I suppose how do you approach that? You just wait till they name it and, yeah. and then... Yeah, mate, that's about all you can do, yeah. Um, Tim's very... uh, holds his cards close to his chest and keeps everyone guessing, I suppose. But, um, um, you know, apart from that, you know, there's 22 fit guys here and, um, you know... Um, and everyone's uh, possibility, so you know, fingers crossed. But um, you know, the guys that have done the job prior um, probably deserve the spot. And finally, can you just say a little bit about the tour and how it's been? And um, it's been a successful one so far. Yeah, it has, mate. It's um, everything I, th- I expected it to be and more. Um, you know, I come here with uh, with an open mind. What to expect? You know, there's been um, some tough times. I mean, you're away from your family for a long period of time, but. Um, especially when you're not playing and, and you know obviously part of that training is a fair bit of physical conditioning um, from the emus as, as, as we're called the guys that aren't playing and as you said you know we, we haven't played for three uh, the three out of the three games so um, we've done our fair fair share it just hasn't been documented and um, to get a game tonight was uh, yeah, it was it was very special congratulations thanks mate cheers
Darren Lockyer, the last of the last interviews. Is it almost a relief that uh, the whole year you've been doing interviews talking about it all being over and it almost is? Yeah, uh, this is the, uh, that's one thing for certain, this is the last one. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm um, you know, pretty happy too that it's here uh, at Allen Road against uh, England. That's um, you know, a great experience in itself and, um, yes, I guess it's a game I'll always remember. Can you allow yourself to think what it's going to be like on Sunday and Monday when, when there's no more footy ahead of you? Yeah, I mean, this thing's in, in um, retirement I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm sure there's, there's plenty of things I'm going to miss from the game as well. So, uh, you know, the emotion, uh, I think, will we'll probably start sort of setting in more after the game in the dressing rooms when, you know, for the last time, we'll take the boots off. And every time we've asked you this a few times, excuse me for asking again, but your teammates wanting to, you know, send you out a winner, it was something that we, we talked about at origin level, club level. Um, is it going to be a factor this week? Look, I think we we all we want to win for the team, you know, in our country. That's that's probably the the main reason why we we want to be successful. Uh, yeah, look, for me, it's it'd be nice, it'd be a nice little bonus, uh, you know. But you know, we have to work hard for it. Are England as strong as they've been in, during your career in, in international football? Oh, look, I think they're um, they're doing a lot of things right at the moment. That you can tell that they're um, focused and they're you know they're improving with each game and. They're just a, there's a look about them that they, they, they're believing in themselves too. And finally, uh, finally, Darren, any message, I suppose, for, for the fans out there who've uh, supported you during your international career? Just thanks, really. Uh, they've provided you know, so many great memories, you know, whether it's uh, um, you know, cheering for me at uh, Suncorp Stadium or it's, you know, you know, down at Shark Park on a, on a Saturday night. You know, they've, uh, the fans are what you really um, you know, enjoy about playing footy for. Cheers, Darren. Um, now, one more question for online. Yep. Uh, one song for your for your farewell, a rock song. Have you got one for us? Oh, really? Jeez, you put me on the spot here. Rock song. Um, <laughs> oh no. Cold chisel, powder finger. Cold chisel, yeah, powder finger. Uh, burn your name. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. <laughs> Thanks. I staggered through the night